Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 101 of your favourite motorsport podcast. Knowing Wheel is back and finally, I can't believe we can say this Jamie, it's race week. How hyped are we feeling? Very much so. It's been a long winter, especially with the early early end to last season. It's felt extremely long compared to recent seasons, but we are back. It's race week. We've got the Bahrain Grand Prix coming this weekend, which means of course your entire YouTube will be flooded with people making outlandish predictions uh, which will mostly be incorrect and we for them clicks yeah exactly and we're gonna not buck the trend at all and do exactly that today exactly exactly yes it's finally time our final f1 2023 pre-season predictions of course we did one of these back in the winter and you know it was a bit of fun you know to be honest to just try and make sure that we had content uh, for another week on the <laughs> podcast seeing behind the curtain today <laughs> <laughs> But this this is the real deal, isn't it, Jamie? This is where we make our proper predictions for the new season and also, of course, where everything is put on the line again. Now, of course, last year, the, the agreement was whoever lost or whoever was further incorrect uh, had to put a tweet out was on that their account. For fantasy? I don't think that was for this. Was that for fantasy? I thought that well, it might have been for fantasy, to be fair. Yeah, let's um, go for that. Either way... I lost last year. It, it was not a good look for me. I lost quite a few followers uh, from Jamie's tweet. Actually, I didn't of, know that. I did get a couple of very angry responses from people. And some uh, people cottoned on completely, but it was a good Some tweet. people that... There were a few of you that do listen to the podcast that did cotton on completely and tell those people uh, who were just throwing insults at me uh, that they were a moron. But I, was, there we I are. was very happy with my uh, tweet. You were very happy with the reaction. <laughs> you did have a good chuckle at a couple of people that reacted to it, didn't you? Um, but... Are we are we doing that again for F one fantasy or are we doing that for this season? We're doing what fantasy. Fantasy is more quantifiable. This okay, yeah. that's fair enough. That's yeah. fair enough. I mean, there will also be. Uh, we're going to do a obviously podcast today, a bit of housekeeping quickly, and then we're also going to be doing another podcast Thursday. I will leave links to our fantasy league down in the comments below. Of course, if you want to join now, uh, I'm going to be doing a load of promo for it over this week. I want to try and get ten thousand of you uh, in the league if possible this year. That's kind of the goal. Uh, that we've set ourselves and of course after every GP uh, Jamie and I will be doing once again a bit of a fantasy rundown to see not only how we got on but how you guys did as well but we will be revealing our teams later on in the week um, but obviously if you want to go check them out now if you're that desperate to see them uh, click the link down in the description below if you're here on YouTube or click um, you won't be able to find it on Spotify or iTunes um, come come to YouTube and then click <laughs> on the link I suppose but Jamie, we've got a couple of other quick bits as well, haven't we, to go through uh, before we get on with our predictions. The biggest one, probably, is that Felipe Drogovic might, might find himself on the grid ready for the Bahrain GP. Yeah, uh, Lance Stroll, we obviously mentioned last week, uh, was involved in a bike crash, so has done something to one of his arms, which means he couldn't take part broke in testing. Broke both his wrists. Broke both his wrists. Wow. Yes. That's impressive. Um... So it meant he couldn't take part in testing. We thought Alonso might do the whole thing, but really it was obvious that Drogovic was going to take some of the mileage, which is exactly what happened. Um, I think it is quite a quick turnaround. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if Stroll can recover. But if he can't, it will obviously be Felipe Drogovic. I don't want to hear any of this Sebastian Vettel nonsense. So... Well, it's been confirmed now, so it doesn't matter. Oh, has it? I didn't see that. Yeah, it's been confirmed by Aston Martin, of course, yeah. The, the rumour going around was that Sebastian Vettel had contacted them saying, if if you need me, I, I can get rinsed by Alonso for the weekend. He would get destroyed um, and that would put to bed in 2010, 2012 
controversy. Debates, yeah. Um, but apparently he's out camping with his family. So, Seb, if you are listening, hopefully you're enjoying your camping trip still, mate. We apologise for just roasting you. Um, but it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, Drogovic coming in. Uh, which, fun fact as well, Jamie, if Drogovic takes part in Bahrain, which I think is probably going to happen, every single Formula 2 champion will be on the grid apart from Mick Schumacher. That's quite a joke. Obviously, F2 only started in, what, 2017? Correct. But even the 2016 GP2 champion is on the grid as well. 2016 GP2 champion, and I think we have to go all the way back to uh, Hulkenberg in 09 for the champ. Uh, so you got Hamil- uh, sorry, Hulkenberg 09 and obviously Lewis 07 are the other two that are on the grid, which is kind of mad. Yeah. Um, but does kind of show, because I think we always go through this quandary don't we of whether formula 2 kind of suits its purpose still um but that probably is a topic for an off week Definitely. early on <laughs> in the year um but I, I personally do think it's probably going to be felipe Drogovic in the car next weekend you know like we said you know a double wrist break is probably going to take a couple of weeks to recover um and you know it's weather as well if he has to skip saudi because mm. you're just sort of thinking of course you've got a break week between bahrain and saudi a break week between Saudi and Melbourne, and then of course three weeks after yeah. Melbourne before Formula One's back uh, round four, which I can't quite remember off the top of my head where we're heading. Imola, is it not? No, I, no, Imola's way later. I don't know. Um, round four somewhere in Europe, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, Baku, isn't Baku, it? Sorry, Baku, then Baku, Miami, round four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, it's you, you sort of think you know if you have a nasty crash at Saudi as well, if you're holding on to that steering wheel still, mm. that's going to be really damaging so it's whether we could see Drogovic in the car for the first two races or maybe even does the first three and then Lance gets back in for Baku yeah potentially um, and the Aston Martin seems like a pretty good car this year so I'm sure Lance will be desperate to come back as quickly as possible um, but of course that team is used to this kind of thing last year we had Hulk in the car for the first two when Vettel was positive for Covid um, so it's kind of part of course they'll 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 cope and Drogovic is a solid pair of hands I think so they'll be all right yeah I think it's certainly going to be interesting to see isn't it how Drogovic gets on uh, in that car of course if he does compete Mm -hmm. in Bahrain but Jamie the biggest news of 2023 (laughs) finally finally Barcelona have got rid of the final chicane. I never thought we'd see this day when it was still a Formula 1 circuit, but this is the best news of the week. Well, I think you're hyping it a little bit, to be honest. No, I I firmly believe this, just because I have so much PTSD of playing F1 2010 (laughs) uh, through that final chicane at Barcelona and those horrendous curbs. I'm so happy it's gone. I I don't think it's going to make Barcelona you know the next spa or something like that definitely not but i certainly think it's going to make it a lot better i seem to remember you absolutely obliterating that chicane in co-op back on 2020 as well uh, probably qualifying so it's about time that it's it went a very obscure thing to remember <laughs> but probably i'm still saughty that was my pole position okay how do you remember that <laughs> i might make <laughs> it right up. you probably did <laughs> But I mean, it's it's a good change, so isn't it? It but is, but it, it's, it won't make it a well-beating track or anything. So no, but I yeah. certainly do have hope that it'll make it a lot better. I have less hope than you. 
<laughs> okay, that's fair enough. That is fair but enough. We'll um, of course, he, he, we did discuss this earlier on, actually, before the show, and it did make me chuckle, of course, that we had quite a few people complaining that, you know, Sector 3 at Barcelona was always like this great comparison for who's going to be quick at Monaco next week. Um, but, of course, it was never really the case anyway, and this year Monaco's before Spain anyway, so it wouldn't make any difference. Um, so now Monaco can't be used to work out who's going <laughs> to be quick, quick in Spain, at Sector, Spain three. Sector 3. That's that <laughs> crucial bit of information that we all need. Exactly. <laughs> what, what we've all been wondering. Jamie, I think it's time now. It is. Are we ready? 2023 predictions. Now, of course, doing this by yourself is probably quite easy. Doing this as a <laughs> podcast is quite difficult because if we come up with different answers to things, so... Um, if, if you're watching this on Spotify or iTunes, bear with us. We will run through the entire order uh, at the very end. But of course, if you're on YouTube, I'm going to have a fun evening uh, applying graphics absolutely everywhere, all over your screens. But what we're going to do is we're going to run through in order of last year's Constructors' Championship. We're going to place the team and then we're going to rank the drivers as well. So, Jamie, kick us off. Where are Red Bull finishing uh, and reverse, the Stappen Paris doing? this year? We can do reverse if you'd rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep doing reverse. Let's order. change it Traditional. up. Uh, so Start Williams. me off then. Williams. I have Williams in ninth place in the constructors. Mm. I have mm. Alvin 17th and who's the other one? Sergeant 20th. Sergeant, that's reassuring. Okay. <laughs> well, we agree with on one thing there then. Okay, that's good. Probably That's, that's Sergeant in 20th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Williams' preseason was okay. Certainly their car seemed reasonable. A bit of a step forward from last year. They're still going to be lowered, like obviously near the bottom end. But hopefully they can compete for points on more than just massive drag strips, which was kind of the case last year. Um, so yeah, I think Alvin will be it will be kind of like a a random one off result where he just gets points enough to take him above the other team that I've put down there. So I think it'll be tight between the bottom two. Um, but yeah, Alvin 17th and Sargent, I think, will struggle. I think it's probably a year too soon if it was what they wanted for him to be a F1. Uh, obviously, they were kind of screwed by the whole Piastri situation because <laughs> they were meant to be having him. So I think Sargent will be okay, but won't put up any trees. No, no, and I think that's fair enough, of course. I have placed Williams in 10th, sadly. Mm. Um, and I've gone Sargent, like I mentioned, in 20th, Alvin in 19th. I think... You know, you mentioned obviously wins testing. It was quite clear from last season that the Williams wasn't actually that much worse than a lot of the other guys, you know, the likes of Alpha Tauri or Haas or even Alfa Romeo on quite a few occasions. The big problem for them was just how sensitive the car was mm. in comparison to a lot of other cars. It wasn't anywhere near as raceable as a lot of the teams they were trying to compete with, um, which in many ways sounds like a really easy fix. In many ways sounds like a really difficult fix. Um, but it wasn't It wasn't like previous years where the car's just been way slower than everyone else. It was just more sensitive than a lot of other cars around them. I'm hoping they've got that fixed this year, but I just don't see them shifting themselves off the bottom of the roster still, sadly. Fair enough. We've both got Albon to beat Sargent, which I think we said in the previous yeah. shows is probably fairly obvious <laughs> i'm intrigued to see how he gets on this year though yeah i don't think he's going to set the world alight but i think he'll give Albon. well i think the thing as well of course is what import what is important of williams and of course we can only read so much into this but i feel like Albon is probably quite a good teammate to have as a rookie mm. you know whether he's got some of that experience of course you know going up against max were just way out of his depth he doesn't come across as... And again, obviously, this is just what we sort of see from the media and all this, that, and the other. 
but he doesn't come across as a driver that will deliberately make Sargent's life difficult. Yeah. He seems like the kind of driver that will help him. Yeah, definitely. And I think it'd be a good... He's someone certainly decent for comparison, but isn't completely unbeatable from Sargent's point of view either. No, no, exactly. Exactly. Moving on, though, Jamie, up to... Well, up. last year, ninth place, Alpha Tauri. Yes. This year, 10th place, Alpha Tauri. I think okay. they're going to really struggle, to be honest. Um, I've got De Vries actually P18 and Sonoda P19. Um, so I think they're going to... Yeah, their car was like didn't seem to have taken a step forward in pre-season testing. I've seen the super times and the race pace and quality pace. They're definitely down there with Williams. And I'm just not blown away by their drivers at all, to be honest. Um, I think losing Gasly as a team leader will hurt them a lot. I'm not massively impressed with either of their drivers. Uh, I think De Vries is solid, which is why I put him ahead of Sonoda. Sonoda never really seems to have kicked on as much as he could. And I kind of think this will probably be his last year in the Red Bull family. Um, so, yeah. I mean, AlphaTauri, obviously they want to be better than last. But we have said before, they're the only team on the grid who aren't aiming to win. So I think that will kind of scuffer them a little bit this season. And I've had them in last. And I, I think I'll pick up a few points, but not many. Okay. Interesting. Mm. I've placed them ninth then, so same as last year. Um, I've put De Vries 17th, Sonoda 18th, though. So interesting that we both think De Vries is actually going to beat out Sonoda. Mm. Uh, like you, though, I, there's just... I feel like Sonoda pushed on okay last year. He was definitely better than he was in 2021, you know, ironed out a lot of the errors, mm. things like that. But I just wonder whether the clock is ticking at Alpha Tauri. And the other thing I really am intrigued by as well in 2023 of course you know we had this big talk didn't we from Red Bull last week going unless they move Alpha Tauri to the UK or they do something mega with the branding it's not profitable enough for them as an organisation no which is kind of mad to think about when Formula 1 throughout pretty much this entire history has not been profitable <laughs> profitable for pretty much any team it has only been the last literally the last five years or so less than that uh, that Formula 1 has become profitable for a lot of the teams but do we see Red Bull try and pump a bit more money into it to try and prove they're a team that other other companies are going to be wanting to buy? Or do they just kind of kick it to the curb a little bit and just try and sack it off to anyone they can? I think the second option is more likely, just because I think demand for F1 teams is quite high at the minute. We've seen a lot of people buzzing around with interest um, and there's a ready-made team kind of there for the taking and I really I don't think they're legally allowed to move away from Fienza because of all the Minardi stuff back in the day I can't see that contract lasting for almost 20 years Jamie oh it's I Paul Stoddart would Paul Stoddart was a baller <laughs> but I can't see him caring 20 years down the line it wouldn't surprise me if it's something yeah just Paul Stoddart with Mark Webber <laughs> just come and uh, yeah, refuse to move out of Fienza. So I don't know. <laughs> just start camping outside. What's Mark Webber got to do with it? Why would he care? He's Australian and was raised for Minardi once. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't. What? I mean, Mark Webber was known for loving Red Bull by the end of his F1 career, wasn't he? Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, this okay, off the rails. Let's okay. move on. <laughs> right. Eighth place last year, though, was, of course, Haas. Where have you placed them for 2023? 
I have been very boring and kept them where they were in eighth place. So have I. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Uh, this is probably where we differ. I'm almost certain. I have Nico Hulkenberg fifteenth, yep. Kevin Magnussen sixteenth. Okay. So okay. yeah, I think in my head when I was making this, I kind of have a bit of a midfield four and a bottom two, and I think Haas will kind of fill the gap between. <laughs> to be honest, which is, is why that, is that a bit of hopium because no, Hulkenberg's so. back? I think Haas have had a a reasonable pre-season they've got a solid pair of drivers and their car pace are certainly i mean bahrain just flatters them because they're always randomly good at bahrain um so their car pace for the first race certainly looks like it could be edging on for points but over the course of the season i think they'll be solid i think they'll be comfortably ahead of the bottom two but struggle to compete with the next lot in a on a consistent basis yeah, and I think we're, we're kind of both seeing Hasser in a pretty similar light, aren't we, I think? I've put K-Mag 14th, uh, Hulkenberg 16th. Um, not that I think Hulkenberg's necessarily a worse driver, but I feel like we're almost potentially going to see a similar thing to last year, of course, where, you know, Kevin Magnussen used to the Haas team, everything like that. You know, whether it's going to be he can score a few big points early on in the campaign. Not that Hulkenberg's going to struggle, but I don't think he'll be as good as K-Mag early on. Um, and then, of course, you know, if we're seeing Hulkenberg, you know, beating K-Mag later on down the year, it'll be like he's finishing 12th, K-Mag's finishing 14th yeah. sort of thing. That's kind of the idea I've got in my head. Fair enough. We'll see. We'll see. I'm back in Hulkenberg, of course. I couldn't not. And there's no real logic. I just want to. So. Fair enough. <laughs> well, you've predicted him to get a podium this I year. I have, and finished 15th in the championship. So... That we'll is quite see about that. He's going. He's going past the Maldonado vibes, yeah. is he? Scores one win and yeah. does basically nothing for the rest of the year. I'll take it. <laughs> Alpha Romeo, Jamie finished P seven. No, last sorry, year. Aston Martin. Oh, even. Aston Martin, because <laughs> yes. they finished P seven last year. Oh, this is where <laughs> I feel we may, uh, yeah, come to a fork in the road. This is the really big Aston one, Martin have had so much hype around them through preseason. I have slightly bought into it. And I've put them in P4, <laughs> which I feel like is unreasonable, <laughs> but we move. Um, and I have Fernando Alonso in seventh and Lance Stroll in 11th place. And I think it'll be very, very tight between those midfield, like all the next four teams we're going to discuss. I think it'll be super tight between at least three of them. <laughs> and I do think Alonso will be best to rest. I'm fairly happy to say that on record, come back to this at the end of the season. Um, I think for Aston, it just depends how much Stroll kind of drags them down I think we saw in 2020 that yes. Perez yeah. was comfortably fourth in the championship having missed a few races was he or was Ricardo fourth I, actually can't oh, I think Perez was fourth yeah, at the end of the year been, I'm pretty certain won a race. Um, <laughs> so yeah we saw Perez was right up there and I think Stroll was like 10th or 11th which ultimately led McLaren to finish above them well, this was the mad thing wasn't it mm. in 2020 as well that a lot of people forget Stroll those first three or four Grand Prix. He was third in the championship after Hungary. Albeit a bit lucky, but he was third, like you said, in the championship after Hungary. And then basically didn't score again pretty much like the entire rest of the year. Yeah, a lot think... of people go, oh, he was unlucky yeah. and all this. But a lot of the time he was just a bit dog do. From race four until the race before Sakir, Hulkenberg got more points for racing point than Stroll yeah. did. Doing yeah. three races, which is mad. Or two races because he didn't even start one of them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it will be kind of how much Stroll kind of drags them down in terms of overall finishing position. But I think Alonso will smash it this season, to be honest. 
So. I mean, there is so much hopium yeah. isn't there, around Alonso <laughs> at the moment. And I want to give you so much stick about you putting Aston Martin in fourth. But I've done the same. Oh, no. <laughs> I've I've put Alonso in seventh. I've put Stroll, though, down in twelfth. Ooh. So I've put Stroll one place lower than you have. But I, I cannot believe we're both getting along on this train. I mean, as you all know, I've always been an Alonso fan. In my eyes, oh, one yeah. of the best drivers yeah, on the grid. Definitely. Um, That's definitely you know, I've true. I've never, never <laughs> given him any stick at all. You know, for those new viewers around here, you'll know I've always backed him up. Uh, you know, he's my driver, <laughs> everything like that. Uh, they just seem. I mean, this is the thing, though, isn't it, Jamie? We can say this now, and it could happen. Or we say this now, Aston Martin finished P8 over on the championship and Alonso's gone come Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to be one extreme or the other. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. Um, and I do think the other two teams like that we're probably going to have in the similar positions will be right there with Aston, but we will wait and yes. see. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's just going to be... Uh, there's like we said, there's so much hopium around Aston Martin yeah. this year. You know, we've there's a lot of people saying no, they could beat Mercedes. Not convinced, <laughs> they could to beat be Ferrari. honest. Over strategy, maybe. <laughs> um, but I think you know, there's every possibility that Aston Martin you know could challenge Merck early on in the year. I genuinely think that's um, the case. Yeah. <laughs> or. It could be that they've really come out of the park swinging and they're just going to be still battling Alpine and McLaren and all this hopium is going to dissolve quite quickly. But we'll wait and see. But both of us pinning Alonso as best of the rest is quite a big claim in 2023. Has he finally made a decent move in his F1 <laughs> we career? We will see. Sixth place last year though, Jamie. Alfa Romeo. I don't think there's quite as much hype behind them, is there? No, but the people are claiming them to be the dark horses, so I see. So... Yeah, I think certainly Bahrain should be a good opportunity for points because we know yeah, how much some of the other teams seem to be struggling. But I have put Alfa Romeo overall in 7th, so one lower than last year. And I have Bottas in 12th and Joe in 13th. So okay. I've gone head over heart for this one and not put Joe ahead of Bottas. Um, but yeah. I think they'll be very close together. Uh, and yeah, Alfa, I think their car will be solid. And certainly this time last year, everyone in the world was predicted in 10th and 9th. So... I was there predicting him sixth, and I was right. So hopefully we're right again this year. <laughs> it's a very, very good point. Uh, I've also gone seventh. I, however, have put Bottas 13th uh, and Joe Guanyu 15th between the Haas drivers. Fair enough. Not not believing Joe. which It's a bit weird, isn't it, when it comes to Alfa Romeo? Um, because I, it's, it's not that we expect them to fall off drastically. No. But it kind of feels like now that they've just got to tread water till 2026... Unless we kind of see Audi getting itchy feet and want to jump the gun a bit, but it just doesn't make sense for them. Yeah. Still, and the size of team that Alpha are finishing seventh is very creditable because they've yeah. beaten the rest of the independents, and they're behind six factory teams really. So, yeah, it's it's a very good season for them if they finish seventh, even though on paper it looks like they've taken a step back. Yeah, I, I think the big question for them, isn't it, was how close they'll still be. Yeah. To those three teams, and in I front certainly of them. think they'll be ahead of McLaren come Bahrain. But I think over the course of the season, they'll end up finishing this position. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, so P five last year, then Jamie was the aforementioned McLaren. Mm-hmm. Where have you placed them for twenty twenty three? I have put them P six overall, which 
Yeah, I feel their preseason has been shocking. Uh, sorry, the drivers. I have put Norris in eighth and Piastri down in fourteenth, which just seems a bit harsh. But that's just kind of how it ended up. Okay. Um, I think Norris is top five on the grid, and I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there'll be that many points between like the whole of the midfield, kind of eighth down to fourteenth. I don't think there'll be loads of points separating Norris and Piastri, but just because of how tight it's going to be, I think that'll be. Uh, that will come make Piastri look like he's had a really bad season when actually it won't be for him particularly. Yeah. Um, but down okay. in sixth, I think race pace for Bahrain, they look like they're going to be ninth, genuinely. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. So I think they'll really have a slow start, but we saw that last year. I think they've got a fundamental issue with brakes again, which seems like something they could have fixed. Well, they did fix last year. the problem last year, if I remember it correctly. It was, it was. And power. Yeah, so I think they will not do well in Bahrain. I'll put I'll go nail my colours to the mass and say they will not score points in Bahrain. Uh, but over the course of the season, Norris will be able to recover things. And we saw, I don't know, four or five races in, he'd already had the podium and was back up to like seventh in the championship last year. So it won't be a long failure for McLaren. Uh, basically, as soon as they can get out of Bahrain, the better and get these brakes fixed. So yeah, I put Norris to come to EV out Piastri, but I don't think the points will be horrendous. No, I mean that's fair enough. I mean we're so boring with these predictions, Jamie. Have you done um, the I've, same? I've also put McLaren sixth. I've put Lando in eighth, just behind Alonso. Uh, but I've put Piastri in eleventh, though, ahead of Lance Stroll uh, in 2023. I think we're, uh, in my eyes, I've kind of got this idea that we're going to obviously see the big six as we would expect. Um, but I think Alonso and Lando are going to be battling out for that best of the rest crown. You know, we've got Alonso, sort of the old guard. Um, who, you know, wants to try and prove that he's still got it against, you know, some of these young drivers. Uh, and I think, obviously, Lando Norris, you know, he's kind of cemented himself as sort of like that king of the midfield over the last couple of years. Mm. Um, once we've sort of, you know, if we're going to see this kind of top three big teams breaking away again, um, you know, Lando Norris is probably the best, in my personal opinion, he's the best driver outside of those big three teams and certainly better than a couple of people inside those three teams as well. Um, but I think, you know, Aston Martin is going to just have that bit more pace. And I think Alonso is just about going to get the better of him come the end of the year. But I do think Piastri is going to be better than Stroll still. Interesting. Fair. So, yeah, you think Alonso will basically carry Aston up to P4? and I think Alonso yeah. is going to carry Aston Martin up to P4, but I think it's going to be very, very tight between all of those teams. Yeah. And I do genuinely see a scenario as well where maybe after Melbourne, where obviously Oscar's got the, that three-week break, whether obviously, even if he doesn't kick on particularly strong at the start of the year, whether they're then going to be able to really work a few things out. Because I think McLaren are also very conscious of ending up with another Ricardo situation. Mm. So they'll. I don't think. He, obviously, I don't think he's going to match Lando early on in the year. But I think they're going to be looking at that three-week break a bit like the summer break and going, "What have we learned? What do we need to do? Let's really now smash this thing out of the park." Yeah, and I really hope. I, I'm. I want to see Piastri do well. So I hope for his sake that it's a bit closer than I've predicted. But the. Uh... Yeah, the predictions come first, I'm afraid. Exactly, exactly. Alpine, though, they were P4 last year, Jamie. Where have you placed it? Um, Biologically, we're going to have both put them fifth, aren't we? We have. (laughs) So I have Gasly just ahead of Ocon between ninth and tenth. 
So, oh, okay. Yeah, I think is that not the same for you, or have you got? It? I put them the other way around. I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I remember. Yeah. I think Ocon just being settled in that team uh, is just not necessarily going to be better than Gasly, <clears> um, but is just going to have you know those better races and just pick up a few more points. Fair. I think Gasly has got a massive point to prove in his first time out of the Red Bull yes. family. So, yeah, yeah Ocon. Uh, was very lucky to be ahead of Alonso last year overall um, I think he's a solid driver but I would rate Gasly higher in my personal opinion but anything could happen obviously Alpine have been famed for shocking reliability in the last few years so we could see that basically decide the order between these two but yeah it's a bit of a toss up and this is the way we landed yeah I think it's going to be interesting isn't it I mean like you said you seem to be still you know a little bit more going with your heart over your head um and i've sort of you know in my eyes placing drivers more that have been with a team already for a year um placing them above their new teammate unless of course you know it's an alonso aston martin is i think the only one where oh sorry and De freeze as well yeah where we i've gone the other way around i just think you know ocon is very well embedded in that french system um, and it's going to be the most Frenchy French thing in the world. I mean, really, all we're kind of hoping for, isn't it, this year, is that we see some fireworks like back when they were kids. <laughs> you know, whether there's going to be some playground pushing and shoving between those yeah. two. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we end up getting a couple of crashes between them, to be honest. Well, we saw Ocon say Alonso came to blows a Ocon's few times. Ocon's got a tendency to crash he with does. his teammate. He does. He's just not a very nice guy to work with, I can <laughs> kind of tell. <laughs> so we will see. We will see. So hopefully for their sakes it doesn't happen, but we'll we never know. For our sakes it would be entertaining. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean we've gone through sort of the bottom fourteen then, haven't we, Jamie? I mean, no, neither of us were ever <laughs> going to be brave enough to predict you know an upset to the big six at the front. No. Um, but Mercedes P3 last year, Jamie, where are you placing them in 2020? I really hope we differ, uh, but I'm not sure we will. I don't think we will. I put Mercedes <laughs> in P2 actually oh okay we have oh interesting and I, I was not expecting that I have George Russell P4 Lewis Hamilton P5 you monster <laughs> I said that in our preview in our Mercedes preview yep. that Russell yep. would again beat out Lewis Hamilton and kind of establish this as his team his era his era is starting this is kind of like Rosberg beating out Schumacher back in the day oh behave <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit of slapping up from Rosberg, to be fair. But Russell was quite lucky to beat Hamilton. I think Hamilton over the course of the season probably performed better, but was unfortunate. And the start really screwed him over when he did have a couple of bad races. Um, but I think Russell will kick on again. He's going to be more settled in that team. And I genuinely do think Hamilton's racecraft has taken a step back, or at least he's too respectful to race as you need to in 2023. So I think that will come to cost him as they're going to be very tight with at least Ferrari I think so he'll be doing a lot of battling which might end up kind of favouring Russell okay interesting very very interesting I, I kind of get some of the points you've come with there um, I have I'm going against what I said last week Jamie I've placed Mercedes P3. You put Hamilton champion, didn't you? Last I week? did put Hamilton champion. Nah, you've got to week. stick with that. But winter testing was not <laughs> good. Um, I think we're going to see a similar start to the year for Mercedes as last year. They're going to be a little way off the pace uh, from Ferrari and Red Bull. 
Um, but I mean, this is the weird thing, isn't it? When we're placing these big three teams is, of course, we're trying to work out where they're going to take stuff away from each other mm. rather than sort of what they're doing themselves. Uh, I think Fred Vasser is really going to try and steer the troops in Ferrari, of course. Enaki as well has been not replaced technically, but it sounds like he's been replaced uh, over at Marinello as well. So I think Ferrari are going to be really trying to make sure they're on the ball uh, when it comes to strategy this year as well. Um, and, you know, do I think they're going to get it perfect? Absolutely not. Do I think they're going to muck up less than last year? Absolutely so. I've placed Hamilton, though, P3 overall. Russell in fifth. I completely get what you're saying about the racecraft, and there's just a part of me that Lewis Brazil last year was the one where it just kind of he it felt like for me that was the moment where he realised the clean, respectful, good old boys club of you know that really did come to an end when Max Verstappen came in. You can't argue no, against it. No, I don't think Verstappen was that good that he's changed the way people drive. No, Verstappen was that dangerous. <laughs> he changed the way people drive in the early days. And the FIA let him get away with it for way too long. Yeah, exactly. It's set a precedence now for Formula 1 that I don't think personally is a very good idea. Um, mm, not really, no. And there's kind of no you, gentleman's agreement. Like you saw the likes of Raikkonen, no. Schumacher, all of those. Well, this is this is the thing that I don't get as well, of course. you know, People bang on about how good that battle was between Alonso and uh, Hamilton at Hungary 2021, wasn't it? Yeah. Of course it was a good battle, because those two are the only two drivers still that had that kind of gentleman's agreement in place. If I was the head of the FIA right now, at the end of last year, I would have put a new rule in for 2023 that says, if you're battling with another car, you have to give them a car's width on the circuit. Yeah. Yeah. That would be... I I would if, completely if be out on this whole barging sides. people out. Yeah. If, I, their fr- if their front tyre is alongside your rear tyre, yeah. you can't barge them out, yeah, in my eyes. Because in a minute, it's like... If you're a millimeter ahead, you apparently have the right to shove someone off, yeah. which just doesn't doesn't really seem like that logical. But um, you're for Hamilton in third, which I think is yeah. definitely hot overhead, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, we shall the, see the, come the end of the season. So my logic for that is, Perez is going to get absolutely binned off. I mean, this is kind of revealing where I'm placing other drivers as well. Perez, I think, is going to get absolutely binned off by Red Bull this year. I think there's going to be a catastrophic fallout between Red Bull and Perez in 2023 I think it's not going to make much difference in the grand scheme of things but Perez is not going to play ball with Verstappen this year in the way the team want him to whether that means that we get a similar year to last year where the car does suit Perez a bit more early on and then of course you know come Barcelona they completely gear it back towards Max how they want it Um, but I think he's going to be really left out to dry this year Uh, and I think Sainz as well is going to struggle Okay, we'll see. We'll see. That's very different to the narrative in my head, but there we go. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we have got very different narratives. But yeah. That I think is all part of the fun. Yeah, exactly. As well. Last year's runners up, then Jamie Ferrari. Where have you placed him? Is it Ferrari's year? Uh, no, no, I don't okay. think it is. I've put Ferrari P three behind Mercedes, and I have Leclerc P three with Science P six. So, oh no, you put George P4, didn't yeah, you? Sorry. Yeah, so Mercedes, like Leclerc will beat out both Mercedes in the championship, but I think Science They're going to be closer yeah, to him. Science yeah. will drag him down enough to put Mercedes back ahead. Uh, I think Ferrari would have wanted a better preseason. I think this time last year they were more confident going into the first race of the season. They've certainly had an okay season, uh, preseason test, but I think their tyre deck is higher than they wanted, which 
obviously will have a knock-on effect on strategy which is a, a bit of a buzzword for them really um, i can't wait for them to start throwing out classy two stops every week yeah exactly we're gonna undercut nobody uh back in the day um but yeah i think they will get wins i would at least did i i think i said in their preview that only one of them would actually get a win so i guess i'm committing that it'll be charlotte claire um <laughs> uh yeah i think they will be close i think they'll be ahead of mercedes at the start but i think over the course of the season mercedes will usurp them as the second fastest team and leclerc will kind of hang on but science will not so overall they'll end up finishing p3 it does seem very weird that you're backing my team down at Mercedes, and I'm not mm, uh, in yeah. this narrative. But uh, yeah, I've placed Ferrari P2. I think Charles Leclerc is going to come runner up again. Um, but I've placed Sainz all the way down in sixth in 2023. Yeah, I, us, yeah. We're just kind of both in that mindset of I think uh, that Mercedes are going to be a lot closer. I think all three teams are going to be a lot closer in 2023, and I feel like that's where you know you sort of look at them. Red Bull, I think, will still have an advantage, but Max, Charles, Lewis, Russell are all truly world-class drivers. Perez has proved often that he can hang with a lot of world-class drivers. You just don't quite get that sense still from Sainz, do we? No, no, I think he's a very credible number two. Uh, but that's... Not quite yeah, there. Not quite up with the, the main four guys, or Alonso or Norris, I think we can safely add to that mix. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah. Norris definitely. <laughs> what was it you were saying earlier? <laughs> oh well, big Alonso fan, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, for me, I think Ferrari. I think Mercedes is going to struggle early on. I think Ferrari are going to be close to Red Bull still, but I don't think they're going to fall off the way we saw them fall off last year. I think that's the big thing for me. I think Mercedes are going to get to Ferrari. It's not going to be Mercedes getting closer and Ferrari falling back to them at the same time. Mm. Okay, we shall see. We shall see. I have that a, leaves us then. Yeah, okay, I have a poor feeling for the competitiveness of this season, which is why okay. I've put Red Bull P1 with yep. Max Verstappen P1 and Sergio Perez in P2. <laughs> Re- okay, first I time am, that's ever happened at yes, Red Bull then. Indeed. I am really concerned for the well-being of Formula 1 because Red Bull are going to batter absolutely everybody this year. Um yeah, I mean, I'm happy because it'll be a, an easy championship, in my opinion, for Max. But if they don't have reliability problems at the start, like they did last year, I think they will, yeah, come to be had the fastest car for the majority of the season. And Verstappen will get another 15, 20 wins, which is not going to be fun for everyone. But it will be fun for the Max fans among us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, perhaps there's a bit of hopium from me against that but I, I mean I've put Red Bull first I put Checo first overall no I haven't I've put, Max, I've put Max to win the championship I've put Perez P4 like I said I think there's going to be some fireworks uh, within that organisation this year I think Perez is going to get a bit fed up uh, with the Red Bull regime and I think you know there's going to be pressure inside that team to get Ricardo back in the car as well um, so I think Perez is maybe not necessarily going to give up by the end of the year but maybe his heart won't be in it anymore um, but I just think, you know, Red Bull still are probably going to have the quickest car, but I feel like Mercedes and Ferrari are going to keep pushing each other to stay close to them. And there's also just this little part of me, Jamie, that believes that Liberty Media aren't going to allow a team to be completely dominant. How are they going to do that then? <laughs> Mid-season rule changes, little tweaks and 
changes to the regulations. I feel like we're slipping into this era now where Formula One is interested in the money and the numbers and they're going to try and keep things a bit closer. I would be extremely surprised because Lewis Media have no say over the rules. That is, in fact, the FIA who do that. Very, uh, very true. <laughs> but Liberty Media... They do have influence, ones, definitely. Yeah, They certainly have influence and they're the ones paying the big bucks at the end of the day. Yeah, I just think you've got a tinfoil hat on with that to be honest but no we shall I, see I don't get me wrong I don't think it's going to be you know it's not going to be like 2005 they're going to ban tyre changes <laughs> ready for the new season or something like that but I feel like there will be subtle tweaks and changes like we saw you know with the ride heights last year and all that sort of thing um, that are just going to try and keep Red Bull close they're going to add like a what 20 kilo ballast to anyone with ER in their three-letter initial. I think that sounds yeah. like a good rule. That seems like a very good rule. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it, yeah. it's just, there's just part of me that I think, you know, they, they're going to be focusing on the show still. And it, it'll hardly be, like I said, they're not going to nerf Red Bull into the ground. But I think, you know, it's whether Ferrari and Mercedes comes to the FIA going, this is what they're doing, this is why they're so much quicker than us. You know, say for example, I know obviously it's a really bad example because obviously I know the ride heights have been changed this year. But say it was again that Red Bull were able to run their car lower than other teams. Whether it's, you know, we get a little thing at, say, it won't be poor Ricard this year, but Austria, for example, where the ride heights have just got to come up slightly or something like that. It's not going to be a major yeah. tweak. It's not, they're not going to try and make it obvious that they're going to nerf they'll stop them Red being Bull. a second clear. Which they but I think they'll not. just be desperate to try and make sure they're not a mile clear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've kind of poured water on the hype in my head by saying that Red Bull are going to dominate. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, for the entertainment's point of view, it's a very good season. But... Your boy needs his views <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, but I mean, that's uh, do, you, do you just quickly, quickly sorry, want to run us back through your entire order then, Jamie, for our audio listeners? Absolutely. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, welcome, and I hope you enjoyed. Uh, my top 20 is Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Lewis Hamilton, Carlos Sainz running around the top six, uh, seventh place Alonso, eighth Norris, ninth Gasly, tenth Ocon, eleventh Stroll, twelfth Bottas, thirteenth Joe, fourteenth Piastri, fifteenth Ulkenberg, sixteenth Magnussen, seventeenth Albon, eighteenth place De Vries, nineteenth Sonoda, and rounding out in twentieth Logan Sargent. We've only got five drivers in the same places. I felt like we had more like that. roster. That's, that's good. If we, if we've got a lot that are only one out, yeah, but we've only yeah. got five drivers. But this is knowing we We both know what we're talking about, so hopefully We that's... do both kind of... Yeah. I mean, it's going to look horrendous <laughs> when we get this badly wrong come the end of the year, but still. Um, and your Constructors' Championship, Jamie, just quickly for me. Yeah, P1, Red Bull, then Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin, Alpine, McLaren, Alfa Romeo, Haas, Williams, and Alfa Tauri. Yeah, they were pretty much all identical. <laughs> what, two different... Oh, yeah, two differences. Uh, well, four, technically. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot more a lot more similar on that front. So, quickly then, from my side, we've got Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, Hamilton, Perez, Russell, Sainz running out our big six, Alonso, Lando, the same as Jamie, Ocon and Gasly the other way round, Piastri in 11th, Stroll, Bottas, K-Mag, Zhou Guanyu, Nico Elkenberg, 
Nick DeFreeze, Yuki Sonoda, Alban, and Logan Sargent rounding out our 20 drivers, with our constructors as Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston Martin, Alpine, McLaren, Alfa Romeo, Haas, Alfa Tauri, and Williams. And caveat, if uh, Drogovic does race for Aston Martin, we're discounting him. He would beat, in my opinion, Logan Sargent at minimum, probably one of the Alfa Tauris as well, <laughs> in my opinion. I said I wouldn't say that, but okay. I, I would generally rank, if Drogovic does get that drive, I would still put him 21st overall. Nah, he'd beat Sargent. Fair enough, fair enough. Is there anything else to go through, Jamie? Or are we now basically ready for F1 2023? Uh, well, Drive to Survive came out, but do we care? I haven't watched any of it. I've not. Watched, I mean, I might do, but I've not yet. So I've, I haven't watched any of it yet, so I can't really say much. Um, I, I probably will watch some of it at some point, but it's not at the top of my to-do list. I'll put it that way. Um, like we mentioned at the start, we will be back then uh, either... Th- Oh, excuse me. Sorry, Thursday or Friday. I butchered the outro there immediately. Um, yeah, look, we'll be back with a preview show ready for the Bahrain Grand Prix, of course, going through, getting ready uh, for the weekend. We'll also do sort of our big F1 fantasy talk through, but like I mentioned at the start, there will be links down in the description if you want to go and join up the league quite quickly uh, before that all gets underway. But Jamie, as always, it's been a pleasure, and I can't wait to hear your smooth, sultry tones again later on in the week as we count down ready for the Bahrain Grand Prix.